0: tailgating tailgating yeah, tailgating is always a blast
1: yeah it's time to start your raider football day with the morning tailgate with your host clay baker and today's co-host hondo carpenter on raider nation radio
0: All right, here we go. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio. It's a Metal Friday edition, and we got a lot to get into today as Hondo Carpenter, myself, Clay Baker, will go through what the Raiders need on offense. What do you expect now when we talk about the new Raiders defense and the starters that will be there, the new starters? Well, what about the offense? Who do you expect to be the new starters on the O? We'll get into all that with former Raiders quarterback Jay Schrader. He'll join us at 8 o'clock, and we'll even talk about the NFL draft and the afterglow and how the Raiders draft went in entirety with Round Futrell from 8 News Now. That happens at 9 o'clock. 69187 is the Ash text line. 69187, because you deserve what's right. You can also reach us on Twitter at rnr 920 a.m. And on the phones at 702-365-9200 Here on Raider Nation Radio, it's amazing here so far uh, on this uh, crazy week after the draft that you start to feel like okay, uh, we, we we're going to get some stability. We're going to take uh, you know take a look at what happens with the rookie class, the rookie camp that'll come towards the end of the month here. But you know, looking the uh the roster as it is there there's a there's some additions that you could still see being made but i think on the offense as it as its entirety hondo and good morning to you that it looks as though that there's going to be a lot of battles already that are going to resurface and i i think like we may take for granted as good as this offense is going to be that there's going to be some new faces that you rely on as an mm-hmm. everyday starter
2: I think that's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward. I think we're doing that in the nine o'clock hour, <clears throat> talking about the the um the starting lineups. I think you're absolutely correct, Clay. There's going to be a lot of differences, but even with the similarities, and I think that's what's going to be fun. I'm I'm going to tell you right now, I think the Raiders will probably add at least one, if not two, more offensive linemen before they break camp, training camp, not OTAs, training camp. Um, But I like where they sit right now. And one of the things that I think you would agree with, and we're talking about the Raider way, I think just when Wendy a few weeks ago really summed it up best, when she says, hey, it's our way now, and she's right. But I think the Raider way is that we're going to go with what our strengths are. So that, okay, we didn't get a corner in the draft. What if we don't get a corner and in, it in, in gets cut or whatever? Mm-hmm. Then we're going to adjust our defense to what we have. So, you know, that's why in New England, you saw with Josh McDonald's. there were years where Tom Brady could not sit. He was, uh, I remember at one point, you may remember this. I believe it was after the third Super Bowl. When they again, if I may be wrong, after which one? But it was after one of the Super Bowls. They go into the next year, and they're like, "Oh, Tom Brady's evolving. He's becoming a West Coast quarterback because he's throwing so fast." Well, it wasn't that he was throwing fast. He didn't have a very good offensive line. And so not having a very good offensive line, and then bam, the next year he's back to being more of a drop back because they, they drafted Nate Solder, remember that, mm-hmm. in the first round. They said, okay, we're going to go back to you know throwing five-step drops. They're going to be able to adjust. So I understand why people are worried about certain positions, but you now have a staff that isn't so committed to their way that they're not willing to adjust. The new Raider way is anyway, don't let it our way get in the way.
0: <laughs> he, when a guy like Derek Carr has been in the league for so long, going into the night season, do you ever feel that maybe with the tutelage and, and kind of like influence of what McDaniels and Mick Lombardi, to a certain extent, will do for Derek Carr, will he start to develop uh, maybe some nuances to the way he releases the ball and maybe like, mm-hmm. you know, um, the the ways that he's been able to have to like, you know, sit and wait with... Sometimes, you know, he's had good, consistent offensive line before. But lately, it's one in which he's had to get rid of the ball rather quickly. And maybe the decision-making's been different. I wonder what the differences will be now with Derek Carr with his release, with everything that he's been able to do. Because he's going to be, an, you know, he's working with an upgrade on offense. He's working with all sorts of guys that can help him with his game because they help Tom with his game.
2: That's super analysis, and I agree with you because every player – to be in the Raider way, you've got to be fat, faithful, available, and teachable. And I think that you just nailed it on the head. There are things, listen, I, I have not made it a secret that I think Derek's a very good quarterback. I'm, I, I, I don't understand Derek's haters, but I've also made it very clear nobody's a finished product. Josh McDaniels up until the last second he had Tom Brady was honing his skills. Yeah, he was. I I, I don't think and I think this is I I, I mean this sincerely. I think that was break, brilliant on your part. I don't think we've done enough talking about how this is going to impact Derek. Derek's going to get better. You know, let's not one of the things that makes Tom Brady great and I'm not claiming to to be a friend of his, but I know him. You, we both share a mutual friend. We've been at some things privately that had nothing to do with football together, but one thing about him is he's incredibly teachable. Troy Aikman, I can tell you this story. Troy Aikman, Barry Switzer, got the job after Jimmy Johnson quit, got fired, however you want to look at that scenario. And Troy Aikman, I know this for a fact. I've talked to Troy about it, and I've talked to friends of mine that were on the team at the time. Walks into Barry Switzer's office and just begins to unleash a hurricane of anger at him. Mm-hmm. And Barry Switzer looks at him like, well, Troy, what, what are you upset about? I understand you guys are good. I just don't want to mess with it. What do you mean? I'm using the voice that they use. <laughs> That's good. <Okay. laughs> well, I'm not trying to mess with it. <clears throat> and Troy looked at him and goes, do you think because we've won Super Bowls that we don't need to be coached? Do you think because we, we've won Super Bowls that You know, you're giving us too much. Listen, this is a fact. Troy said to him, you're giving us too much time off. Mm -hmm. You're not demanding enough. Now, they went on and won a Super Bowl, and Troy still was ripping Make us better. See, the great ones are fat, faithful, available, and teachable. And I think that was great analysis on your part because Josh McDaniels is an elite offensive mind he is going to make Derek Carr better. And the cool part is, it's not going to be like a Ryan Tannehill situation. He's going to want to get better. Oh, yeah, he spoke
0: about it how um, after Rich Basaccia was um, was let go by the team and they were all kind of sitting in, uh, in the facility talking about how much, you know, how much they want to just move forward and and get better. They want to make sure that the next coach in the next regime is somebody that you can learn from and you can, you know, uh, progress. I, I think, you know, I think all of them were feeling that way. Like every leader on that team, every, every uh, person who wants to stick around in this league, wants to get better, knows they have to, but you also want to make sure that you don't take any step backs. And and a guy like Tom Brady, for example, he was able to like always hone in on a skill that maybe people will uh you know take for granted a little bit, but it's kind of like a next generation stat or sequence, but it's release rate, mm-hmm. and he always wanted to make sure that his release rate was getting for the quick passes lower you know two point five seconds or lower, and we saw that even in game one last year when Tampa uh uh started out the year on Thursday Night football that his release rate was like under 2.2 or right around there. So even in his elder age, Mm -hmm. he was still very, very cognizant of how quickly he has to get rid of this ball in order for him to stay, you know, at a certain level in this league, not to just uh, be coasting along. I think Derek Carr is going to find nuances to a game that kind of like is uh, similar to that where he remembers, you know, what kind of success Tom Brady had as he got older through the system with Josh McDaniels. And I think release rate could be something that helps Derek.
2: Well, and you know, one of the things is whether you think Derek is, is the right man or not, everybody should be excited about Josh because Derek is because he's going to get better. At least even if you're not a Derek Carr fan about his play on the field, the point of the matter is, is that at least you have a guy who's teachable. So if whether you like or dislike Derek, Everybody should be a fan of, and I, I don't mean fan, but everyone should certainly be supportive of Josh McDaniels because he's going to make Derek better. Josh McDaniels is going to make every offensive player better. And I'm going to tell you, I'm already getting reports from defense on the defensive side of the ball about Patrick Graham. Again, he's approaching the defense the same way that Josh is. He is a teacher, and he is he's, he's taught the why. And it's been very fascinating to see just exactly how they're doing it. And and, and the teaching, I'm going to actually be writing about this next Monday. I have a, another Black Hole article coming where we take them inside what's going on. Oh, nice. <clears throat> and one of the things in talking to players is they're stunned at the amount of teaching. Um, I don't have the exact quote, so if it's different in my article, please don't, don't I, I, give me some grace here. But... One player told me um, recently, a defensive player for the Raiders, said to me, "I've not done this much studying since college, and I don't, and I'm, and I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about in the classroom." <laughs> remember
0: when Devonte Adams had that press conference and he talked about how happy he was to see uh, Edgar Bennett here, the wide receivers coach, yep. one of the few coaches retained. From one system to the next, and he said that that we would have these incredible tests on the Friday before games, and uh, Edgar Bennett would put them through these tests—not physical tests, but like mental. Did you learn mm-hmm. what we just taught you? Kind of tests, and he said they were absolutely grueling. And uh, he was like, man, when we came out of Green Bay, we were glad to see him go because now uh, you know we can relax a little bit. You know, we can understand. And it's like, oh man, we're we're going to be, you know, he they all, everyone's understanding now that it's beyond just like, hey, getting a chance to know the coaches and you know getting your feet wet in the offense. You are in full immersion, and they expect you to know it, and there is no other way
2: around it. I knew a guy, um, a very good friend of mine, who played for a particular NFL franchise that is influenced by the Patriots. And he told me a story, he was a defensive back, that every Friday morning, because you leave Friday late morning, early afternoon to go to wherever you're playing on the road or to go to the whole, you know, your home for a home game, that they had to take a test. And he said, "Now understand, in camp we got 40% of the playbook and the rest of the playbook gets developed as the year goes on. He goes, in the first game, in the first Friday with them, they give me this test. He goes, and it's pages. It's pages. And he goes, it'll be a play. Draw it in everyone's job. Why? Okay. Yeah, that's good. Then there are essay questions. Why are we attacking their offense with this package? Or it's third and nine, and we're attacking with this package. Why? Essay questions. He goes, it's multiple choice. It's essay questions. And he told me, he goes, it was a two-hour test. So then we go and we get treatment and do our lifting before team meetings. He goes, and then we come back. And we get in this team meeting, and the draft and the um, um, depth chart is up on the on the, on the screen. And he had moved up the depth chart. So afterwards, he says to his defensive coach, hey, coach, what did, I, what did I do to move up the depth chart? He goes, well, you got a 99 in your test. He goes, yeah, but what about the guy that was ahead of me? He goes, he got a 96. He goes, we got to have people who understand the why, the system, and everything else, and you did. And he told me, he goes, that was the most stunning thing for me, is that, and and this is going to be in that article, he goes, but that they are absolutely detail-oriented. You cannot play for them and be stupid. Yeah, I love that.
0: And, you know, it's a you, you think like the test taking is over after a certain few years and being in the NFL, but like, ah, not so. This is Devontae Adams talking about how happy he was see Edgar Bennett in the Raiders facility. <laughs> that's a great quote, but he's not happy to see all the tests that'll be up on Friday.
1: Well, EB was one of the first pe- people that I saw when I walked in here um, when I came to sign a few days ago, and first thing I let him know, I said, "Man, you got to ease up on the tests." First thing, that's the first thing I said to him, and he started dying laughing because EB was one of the guys that. I mean, he, he has a lot to do with who I am today just from the, the mental aspect of approaching the game because, I mean, this man used to put together some of the most impossible wide receiver tests to pass ever. I mean, it was, it was almost like he was being set up. It, was, it, was, it wasn't fun, but when I look back on it now, the way, I, the, you know, the way I look at the game, the way I can dissect the game knowing coverages and things like that, EB had a lot to do with that, so it's a, it's a great feeling being able to get him back. Um, he looks great too. Lost a lot of weight, and I was I was, I was happy for him, man. He's, uh, he's a he's a, a big piece of who I am. I love how he I love how he throws
2: that. He's lost <laughs> a lot of weight. <laughs> he, he threw it in there for one final
0: little zinger. Oh, that's so funny. Um, and and everyone has talked about how uh, Devonte Adams' work ethic immediately from the moment he got to the facility was exemplary, and continues to not only show great uh, great leadership but something that uh, also is consider- what other players are being looking at is his work ethic and how quickly he is going to not only stay until the final bell is rung, he shows up early and uh, you know, other young players watching that and learning how they stay in the league. They watch how the great ones do it. The- Darren Waller is the same way. Now when Derek Carr though, you know, I, I know Josh McDaniels and-, and Ziegler, they looked at the Raiders team as, as one of which, Hey, this can go far. And with Derek Carr, they look at a guy that not only can they know what he can do, but they see potential for more. And and I think Derek wants that. Derek needs, like, extra stuff because uh, he's gotten to a certain point, and it seems like he's got to it, you know, a little bit on his own. He's had tutelage with some of the good ones, but at the same time, from Musgrave to Gruden to now McDaniels and Lombardi, like, he needs to see something more out of himself. You know that he wants mm-hmm. to be better, to get better. And I think for... Um, a system like this. Even Derek Carr was very, very excited because he talked about being all in a couple of weeks ago. How important that is for for them. But they got a guy that they believe in, and it's worth going all in for.
1: Because you know, Coach Bisaccio would always talk to me about. You never want. You know, for for your for some of your some of your players, you never want to waste years. You know, and uh, and for me, I, my heart was in a place where. You know, I'm thirty one, I can the way I feel, I feel like I'm twenty one, you know, I feel great, you know. Um but you know, when it comes to NFL years, I've played eight, you know, I'm going into my ninth year, like I'm I don't don't wanna waste any time. I don't I don't wanna build, you know, I wanna win, you know. And they made it very, very clear to me that we're not coming just to build something. Like we're gonna build something, but we wanna win now. Like Think about it. we they're they're coming into a new job and we went to the playoffs. You know that doesn't that's not usually the case. Usually you do have to come in and start over. You know, um, but there's pieces in place and and their scheme and the way they believe they thought that these pieces could fit good in that scheme, offense and defense and and so that's exciting. So it wasn't just a complete you know haul of players taken out and brought in. Um, so there's continuity there, which I've talked about helps so much. You know, again. I think whether you dislike
2: or like Derek, that the the thing you need to understand is you have a quarterback that's hungry. And I, I want to go back to something because it's very germane to what you just played. I talked to Mark Davis and asked him after Rich Passaccia got fired and he brought in um, Josh and Dave, is this a rebuild? Now, I knew the answer based on some private conversations with people, but I wanted to put it on video, on the record for fans. And he said, not a rebuild. And then when people were like, oh, they haven't re-signed Derek, it's a rebuild. And then after the first day of free agency, oh, they didn't sign anybody, it's a rebuild. Well, relax. It's not a rebuild. And Josh and Dave have made that very clear to the players. And let me just say something. To every player. This is not a rebuild. Last year, we were fifth seed in the AFC, 10 win team. We we are here to win now. Mm -hmm. And and I think when you listen to Derek say that stuff, when you listen to Devontae Adams, when you listen to a Chandler Jones, when you listen to a Max Crosby, there is a theme, there is a thread through every Raider who has spoken this offseason. And it starts with the owner who sets the tone. We are not rebuilding. They have made it abundantly clear. This is playoffs or bust. Mm-hmm. And, and, and every year, as you know, I, 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 for two years here, this will be my third. I always give my win um, estimates, and I put the high end and the low end. But this is one going into the season that anything less than the it's a failed season. And because the owner has set that 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 standard. The, and to Josh and Dave's credit, They've set that standard. Hey, this is this is this is why we're here. If, if you're a fan and your motto of your franchise is just win, baby. And now you finally have a leadership team that says, all in, here we go. No rebuilds. They've now they've now joined the fans. Do you remember two years ago when I when I said man eight and eight? Mm-hmm. Fans were like, no, we gotta win now. Oh, everyone was thinking 10-win season that right. year. And then last year when I said, hey, I think 10 to 11 wins. No, no, we got to get more. Okay. Now is the year you go in and say, okay, playoffs. And and it's been set by your owner, your coach, your GM, all your players. There should be a, a level of excitement that that hasn't been there. Because now that you know we're good enough to get in the playoffs, we're good enough to be an AFC 5 seed, and oh, by the way, we just brought in the best offensive free agent, the best defensive, a bunch of great draft picks. All of a sudden, we're getting – But Kenny King yesterday was brilliant when he made the comment, about it's like the first time he goes. I'm looking at Twitter, and nobody's toxic about the Raiders' <laughs> off season. Yeah, no, there's the a
0: strange calm among it uh, where and people are looking at it for just objectively for what it is,
2: and they like it. I remember very quickly, and I'm, I'll be very quick, but I remember going to a Detroit Tigers game when I was a kid, and they had a guy in the team named Chet Lemon, who was a great offensive player, but he was a great outfielder, and Chet had been hit. A couple of times. He had been on the White Sox before, and so... He, yeah, they traded Steve Kemp for him. Correct. And so they had... The, the White Sox had hit him a, a few times because he talked about how much he liked being in Detroit. And I remember we get to this game. We're at, we're at Old Tiger Stadium, and it was a different feel. And all of a sudden, you remember, you remember at Old Tiger Stadium, they would play John Denver. Uh, yeah, thank God him a country boy. boy. Yes, yeah. They didn't play that. And I turn to my dad and I go, Dad. I'm just a little kid. And I'm like, Dad, something feels different. He goes, There's an ass whipping coming. And I said, well, What do you mean, Dad? He goes, They've hit Chet a couple of times. They're gonna. They are going they do not like him. There's gonna be a fight. That you could just. It was just in the air. You're, you've been to a hockey game. Oh yeah. And you just. You know it's coming.
0: It's, it's usually it. a Detroit against Chicago. Right. Whatever sport it is, there is that kind of atmosphere.
2: <laughs> okay, I, I'm gonna say this to Raider fans today. If, you, if you're sensing something different, there's an ass-whipping coming. You can feel it in the air. I'm around that facility. I'm around the coaches. I'm around the player, around the owners, around the people in the, on the team, on the executive team, and people in the offices. There's just an air. Raiders are here, and there is an ass-whipping co- You can just feel it. It, it just. It, do you not agree, Clay? It is a total different mindset this year. It's a mindset that's one that is
0: uh, it. It doesn't have anything to do with arrogance or no. Uh, one in which like uh, you know we belong here. It's one in which like we still have something to prove, and you're going to find out the hard way. It's going to be very silent. The way the off season was uh, full of a bunch of silent assassins. The way they were able to go and make these acquisitions. You're going to see that same sort of execution during the season. I just got a good feeling about it. And when, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll continue the, the thought on Derek Carr on what kind of changes could be made um, in, in the way of like, all right, we talked maybe like a hey, release rate. We saw how Tom Brady was consistently each and every year trying to lower that release rate to get better. You know, and the aim of perfection is really what maybe Tom Brady's quest is. But for Derek Carr, perhaps a change could be more psychological than physical. And I'll tell you what that means on the other side. It's Raider Nation Radio on a Metal Friday with Hondo Carpenter, myself, Clay Baker, and you on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Hit up the show on Twitter at Clay Baker Radio. And now back to the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. Yeah, well, we came out flat. It was terrible. Um, there's no beating around it. I mean, it's just the um, last couple weeks we just take turns, you know, and uh, just really out of sync right now, and it's not. It, no one's coming to save us, so we better figure it out.
2: Well, I think anytime you don't get the first down on a third down, obviously, we weren't very good on third downs on offense or on defense in yesterday's game. So, um, a lot of times, you don't have to always throw the ball to the distance in order to get yourself a first down. You know, we've got guys that make people miss in certain situations, whether it's Josh, whether it's Hunter Renfro, some of those things. So, I, I think our, our bigger thing is. What we're doing on third down, and we need to do a
1: better job converting third downs on offense. And certainly, we didn't do very good defensively as well this past week um, with third down conversions for our opponent.
0: Back here on the morning, Tailgate Raider Nation Radio, Clay Baker, Hondo Carpenter, and you here on RR 920 on a metal Friday, Static X, my good buddy Fargo. Yeah, you hear the comments coming back. And that was during the malaise of last year, 2021. In between the, the amazing uh, the losses after the bye week. The one fluke win in Dallas, however you want to categorize it. And then before the four-game win streak towards the end of the year, there was some big-time problems with this offense. And it was the one that you saw over and over again. The malaise, the structure. And for Derek Carr... You know, Basacci had talked about it. And I couldn't find the right cut, but Basacci after a game where somebody asked him, like, what's going on with Derek? How, what, what's going on in the passing game? He, he just said Basacci was like, Derek took the check down. He just said it straight out like that. And that's the psychological now part of it that that might need to be a little bit of reprogramming mm-hmm. that Derek, you know, even during the Gruden era, he was one of the league leaders in check down rate. Okay, like that's not a good thing to um, to hold on to. Nope,
2: you can't Um, deny
0: that. uh, Like when you're at a check down rate of 10 percent, that's not good. That's not winning football. And this time around, there will no longer be checking down. And even Basaccia was trying to like um, massage that comment saying like, well, you know, if you need to go and get those first downs, you don't normally have to go past the first down marker to go do so. If you got guys like Hunter Renfro to make the first man miss it, you know what? I, I don't see that happening anymore. I don't I don't I don't see that mentality here. Um I, I, I see a team that wants to get better than thirty seven percent on third down. You know, that's like second to last, or I'm sorry, twenty second in the league. That's not good enough. And Derek Carr has prolific stats. He doesn't need to rely on the check down anymore, Hondo. They he's gotta be psychologically in tune to that.
2: I agree. And before the season starts, I'm gonna address that with Josh. I'm gonna ask him you know that this this franchise has been plagued on third and fives throwing it 3 yards mm-hmm. third and seven throwing it five john madden talked about you know where the where the marker is you got to get past it i'm going to ask him about that cuz i think we're going to see a fundamental difference in how they approach their down it, it if
0: you're looking for evolution in your game that has to be a part of it because even kurt Warner had had for like a year and a half been uh, doing his QB confidential, and when he would come to Derek Carr and the Raiders, he would get so frustrated because he's like, "You see half of the game, it's like let's go for the throat mentality, mm-hmm. but the other half of the game is uh, a completely different mindset." But also, Derek was like, "Look, I I work for a guy. I'm you know I have a boss too, you know, and 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 I, it it seemed though that there was some sort of like principle to be." Uh, for Gruden's offense to not give up turnovers, to not throw the ball in in into crowds. Interceptions are very costly. Obviously, Derek, 13 fumbles last year, that's also a problem. But to not throw interceptions, and maybe the check down was one of them, but I mean, let's face it, when you were when you see the season crumbling after a five and two start mm-hmm. and you were seeing like teams like Washington come in here and you're checking down the ball against Washington. <laughs> Sorry, ass commanders, and it's like you go and you go and you're two scores down, and you're a third and long, and you're still throwing to the checkdown to Jalen Rashard on a two yard out. Okay. Like that, those plays are no longer acceptable.
2: Correct. Now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Derek for a minute, and I want to tell you why, and I want us to I don't because I, I don't think it's a debate. I want you to tell me what you think. Okay. Derek was very frustrated with John. You may remember there was a time two years ago, I don't remember the game, where coming off the field he turned to John and like, do you finally trust me? Yeah,
0: Arrowhead Stadium, October, after
2: he threw the touchdown to Ruggs. Correct. And what happened was is I absolutely agree the checkdowns are unacceptable. Now, the problem is he had a boss. You may remember not this offseason, which we're in now, but last offseason Derek talked about, guys, I've got a boss. May remember he said that right from a press conference when he was asked about this stuff. Guys, I've got a boss. I got to do what I got to I I, I, I got to do it. I believe and we're going to find out if I'm right that that was ingrained with him cuz I know for a fact that Gruden used to tell him don't take certain risks. The defense can't stop them. Just just don't take any risk. There was times 2 years ago when he wasn't throwing any 50-50 balls, and people were livid. And so I privately, off the record, asked people involved. And I was flat told out. John told him no. No 50-50 balls because we we can't afford to give it up, and our defense can't stop it. So if that's accurate, and I don't have any reason to believe it's not because at one point I even asked John about something, and he he says, yeah, I don't want to take that risk. If that's accurate, I think you're going to see it because it is not acceptable. I'm not making any excuses for it. But if you got a boss and it's ingrained in you, that's kind of what you do. Then I can see at least from Derek's perspective, even though it was unacceptable, why he did it. Does that make sense to you, or do you disagree? Yeah,
0: even when, when Gruden wasn't there, he could have had more, a little more autonomy. I agree with you. Because uh, even he could start seeing it slip away, and I would have to think for a guy who had yet to play in his own postseason game that he would have to take it upon himself to go and lead the team you know, as, a, as the leader that he is being uh, you know, ascended to. Uh, even he's got to know that those plays aren't working. That's not winning
2: football. I agree with you. Uh, I Understand it's unacceptable. So I'm not making an excuse for it. It was, but it's kind of like when a I have a buddy who's a prosecuting attorney, and he told me a story about two years ago. They arrest a ten year old boy for stealing food from a grocery store, but mom told him to. Mm-hmm. You know we need to eat, and 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 obviously that's much more sinister than football. I'm not trying to put it on the same. But my point is, I unacceptable should not have happened. I would have expected to see a lot more autonomy after John was let go, but unacceptable. But I do think you're going to see part of that is because it's been ingrained in him. Don't take the risk.
0: We need like one of those uh, those uh, Oregon uh, cult reprogrammings. You know, <laughs> where you go one day, there's a bag over his head, and he's taken in a van, and uh, he's, we don't see him for like three days. You know, <laughs> he, he needs really to be good. reprogrammed. Here's one thing about uh, some of the uh nuances of what we've seen with Josh's Josh McDaniels' offense recently. Maybe we could take a look at last year with Mac Jones. Mac Jones, obviously a young quarterback, but he ran for 23 first downs. Derek Carr has never ran for more than 16 in a year. Last year he ran for nine, 16 in 2020, but that's that could be something that could be added to his game too. That you know, even even when it, the play is there for a first down in a short yardage situation, I think he's going to be asked to make those decisions, uh, to to re, you know, release the feed and make some plays with his uh, legs. I, I could see that happening, where and I think he could be good at that. Because he's not he's not asked to, like, you know, take the whole team on on, on his shoulders. But if a, if a play breaks down, a passing play, don't throw the ball away.
2: Listen, Derek is a lot more athletic than Tom Brady. A lot more. I think he's a pretty good runner, actually. Yeah. And and you're going to see that more from him. And, again, that's another question I plan on asking Josh before the season. Fabian, uh, our friend Fabian, our great police officer, again, thank you for your service, who's a great listener to this show, just messaged us and said, you know, De- uh, Gruden was in Carr's head, and and I believe that. That's where I'm basing my supposition. I am not saying it was good or correct. I'm saying it was wrong. It has to be fixed, but I'm going to give Derek the mulligan there because he did have a boss. And, you know, you, you just said something I thought was really brilliant when you were talking about Derek getting better under Josh McDaniels. That is one thing. True professionals, whether it's us in our business, if Q hits us up as our program director says, "Hey guys, let's let's do this differently," people or or whomever, people who want to be good at what they do. I know I we have editors meetings at Sports Illustrated all the time. We're constantly being told, you know, hey, here's ways to improve headlines. Here's ways to improve opening art, articles. Here's our opening paragraphs. Whatever. People who want to be good. Don't mind being coached. Hey, that's cool. You want to coach me? Great. If it makes me better, I'm all in. And that's the kind of people that they're looking for. That's why I asked uh, um, Dave Ziegler specifically about Josh's teaching. That's why I asked Josh about his teaching. They are spending an inordinate amount of time in the classroom and to me, that tells you something. We're trying to lay a bedrock. I heard Bill Belichick speak one time, and he made this, This I thought it was a great analysis. He says, I want to so ingrain in my players their job that when they get on the field, they don't think about it. They just do it. Yeah, that's what you want. And that's exactly what Josh and Patrick and all the staff are doing right now. They are literally just laying a foundation Line upon line, precept upon precept, making it better so that when they get on the field, there's less thinking, more playing. Oh, I like this This is where it's going. Let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side.
0: There is um, some power rankings that we'll get to that of... um... Emerge. You know the NFL.com ones. They've had them out there for a few uh, months now. Let's take a look at what uh, a a certain group uh, that works in the sportsbook industry. What do they think about where the Raiders sit right now following the draft as a little update to the power rankings? We'll get to that on the other side. Don't forget at 8 o'clock, former Raiders quarterback Jay Schrader will join us. And we'll talk to him about Derek Carr's progression and evolution and how his game could change with somebody like Josh McDaniels and Mick Lombardi calling the plays, all that and more in the second hour. It's
1: Raider Nation Radio. Now back to Clay Baker with your morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio, 920
2: AM. So is honey, macho madness is on a roll and it can't be stopped. No, Elizabeth understands what I'm talking about, yeah. What, uh-huh.
1: Why is it, Macho Man, when I sit and talk to you, stand and talk to you for that matter, that I think of old sunny and share hits why is that
2: unbelievable time distortion space is the place Mean gene Okerlund go down that lonesome highway yeah <laughs> but don't be hypnotized no reincarnation doesn't have to be you can concentrate and you can uh mental but, telepathy yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: radio Nation radio morning tailgate jay schrader will join us in just a few minutes at the top of the next hour as we will talk to him about what he feels how the Raiders draft went, the offseason, as well as how can Derek Carr improve? What what can Josh McDaniels bring to his game? Six nine one eight seven is the Salmon Ash text line. You can hit us up on the phones at seven oh two-three six five ninety two hundred. Um everywhere outside Nevada you can enjoy FanDuel and DraftKings. But Nevada not yet. It's it's on its way, but it's still uh, it still needs to get approved no, somehow. Let me ask you a question. I mm-hmm.
2: guess I'm not from here. Why is that? That doesn't I, that shocks me in a, in, a, in the, uh-huh. is pro gambling. Right. As Vegas is it just to protect the sports books? Well, it's uh
0: they tried it about 2018, maybe 2017 is when it happened. And uh they started the football season with uh DraftKings and FanDuel and up around uh, like October 10th, they cut it. And it's all about money. Are you willing to, like, share in the profits? Are you willing to uh, work with Nevada Gaming? That's what it comes down to. Now, everyone uh, else is right, willing right. to work with, but they were not. And they developed a fine market everywhere else but Nevada. <laughs> but, you know, DraftKings has a bricks-and-mortar building here. Uh, they've obviously—they bought VEASAN. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before it gets gets there. Because can you think of anyone else but DraftKings and FanDuel who spends more money on advertising? No. You know? bet MGM's in that market. You see a lot of stuff locally, but on that global basis, they are really trying to, like, you know, stack the deck in their favor. And to that effect, like, they get a lot of work. They get a lot of movement throughout the country that we're not going to see in Nevada. Some of it might be parallel, but when you see that they come out with their own power rankings post-draft, where do they have the Raiders? At number 13. 40-1. Okay, 40-1 to 1 is about to win the Super Bowl. That's kind of about... Um, Oh, where do you
2: have it? Two or what? 12 yeah, they or 12? Okay. All right. So let me, can I tell you where I disagree? All right. Yeah. It, it seems a little high, but go ahead. So I think it's low. Kenny King. And I agree on this one to be the man. You got to beat the man, Rick flair. Mm-hmm. So I think the Rams should be one. They have Buffalo. And then I put um, Buffalo at two and I've got the Buccaneers at three. So I agree with them on the first three. And, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. Let me tell you the teams they have ahead. I think they're better than Kansas City. Even though they lost two last year, I think they're better than Kansas City right now. I think they're better um, than Denver. So they have Denver at seven, which to me is just horse crap. They've got Baltimore ahead of them. They have the Bolts ahead of them at nine. The Colts ahead of them at ten. Okay, yeah. The, the
0: Broncos and the and the Chargers are ahead of the Raiders in this list. Right.
2: Uh, to me, oh my goodness gracious! I've got the Raiders somewhere in the eight to ten range, maybe even seven to ten. I'm going to give so once the schedule comes out. I'm going to give all my power rankings. To me, to have the bolts, to have the the don. Um, I'm sorry, I almost said the donkeys. Yeah, I've listened to Raider fans so much. It's it's like, like, it's like the Santa Clara theme, um, but when you look at the at the Broncos, you look at the bolts. Okay, they beat them both. Then you go and you look at at Baltimore. Okay, they beat them. Okay, I'm not going to put Cincinnati behind the Raiders. They beat them, even though it was at home. I'm going to still give them the nod. I'm going to give Cincinnati, which I which I should. I'm going to tell you frankly, right now, I think they're better than Green Bay. Green Bay has lost a lot. They've lost a time, including mm-hmm. including the best receiver and listen. I know that Devontae Adams is going to say all the right things, but I wrote about this in the offseason. Aaron Rodgers was about Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I had people around the league tell me this. I wrote this. You can go find it and, and hold me accountable. Everyone said all Aaron Rodgers cares is he wants to get to $50 million. He wants to be the highest paid. He didn't care about Devontae Adams. Didn't care. Well, I mean, uh, does he care about anybody on that team? No. And listen, I know that they've won a Super Bowl, and God bless them. But is there any team that's done less with more than the Green Bay freaking Packers? No. if he was such a great quarterback, how come he only has one Super Bowl win? Correct. I mean, he just is a constant underachiever. It's all about me, 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 me. He's Ryan Tannehill with a Super Bowl. And that's probably not fair because we all know he's extremely talented. But I'm talking about the mentality. And I'm sorry. I'm not a buyer on Green Bay. I'm never going to be a buyer on Green Bay. Because you can't win when your best player is all about me. Lamar Jackson is a great player. He is a great player in Baltimore. They're a legitimate threat. His teammates love him. He is all about the team, just like Derek Carr. Joe Burrow, love him or hate him, that's the kind of guy he is. Justin Herbert, love him or hate him, that's the kind of guy he is. Russell Wilson, he's that kind of guy. Tom Brady, that kind of guy. Matt Stafford, that kind of guy. Josh Allen, that kind of guy. Patrick Mahomes. But I'm sorry, Green Bay... And you just lost Devontae. You've lost other players. Okay, but 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 in fairness, I understand FanDuel, but and I respect them to have the Bolts and to have the Broncos. Now I can understand. I can make an argument for the Chiefs being better. I still think the Raiders are going to win the division. By the way, but I, I, I'm, I'm holding that out as a concrete prediction until I see the schedule. But my point is, is I. I to have them there is a once again an undervaluing of the Raiders, and it happens all the time. And
0: a and a corresponding overvaluing of the Chargers, but the
2: Broncos
0: to be uh, like number seven on this list is <laughs> stupid. And now, if, if you go to any sportsbook here in Nevada, you'll also see the odds to win the Super Bowl. They're kind of tiered in that way. But all of a sudden, the Broncos, who last year seven and ten, year before five and eleven, seven and nine, six and ten, five and eleven. Four out of the last five years, they've had double-digit losses. But all of a sudden, Russell Wilson's on that team, and now they're that much better. Uh, you know what? It's, oh. it's public perception, and uh, I don't think you should trust that assumption ever again. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Jay Schrader, former Raiders quarterback, he joins us next here on the Morning Tailgate. let